welcome back to season two of Jory Sports Stories. And as always, I'm your jo- I'm your host Jory, and today's episode is definitely jam packed with plenty to discuss. On today's docket is the dramatic NBA with plenty of drama headlines and stories to break down ahead and because of the playing tournament. Monday's WNBA draft reactions and predictions and the latest explosion of NFL news, including my favorite team. We'll discuss draft trades, big trades, who's making serious noise, contracts, and more. Stay tuned for this week's edition of Jory's Timeout Session, where we answer what names in sports really tick you off. And I actually would like to hear from some of you, so you guys can leave your feedback with that. So tune in, turn up the volume, and let's get it. First, we are addressing the dramatics and the extraness that is the NBA. We'll dissect some of the week's biggest headlines, stories, and news, including whatever's going on in Dallas, New Orleans, and Atlanta, and others who are seemingly in dysfunction mode. We'll discuss the play-ins, the the set playoff matchups, and more. So let's get into it. So, for can someone please explain to me what's going on in Dallas? Well, I mean, I kind of knew. But one thing I want to get out clear, I kind of expected this to happen. But one thing you can't really argue is I didn't. I mean, some people may have expected this to happen this quick, but I didn't expect this to happen this quick. This team is imploding. Everybody's unhappy minus Kyrie. And it's not Kyrie Irving's fault. Like, it's the trade. Like, I understand. Like, that was a bad trade. Like, that was the epitome of a stupid trade. But I understand why they did it, and it didn't work. It turns out it didn't work. Because for some reason, if you trade your two of your best defensive players on an already defensively deficient team, for a player that doesn't play defense but can get you a whole crap ton of points, what do you expect is going to happen? And then they're trying to figure out how to, they were trying to figure out how to make two ball-dominant players who need the ball in their hands, how to figure it out. There's two people who require the ball in their hands for them to make some magic. There's only one ball. You already see where I'm going here. There are some issues going on in Dallas. And I don't know if that, if Kyrie's going to stay, but if he don't, that's a massive, that is a franchise crippling failure on the behalf of the Mavericks. And you can say that it just didn't turn out. Like, a lot of people just say it just didn't work out because of the lack of defense. No. No. This was the writing with with the Dallas Mavericks. The writing was on the wall when they let Jalen Brunson go for whatever reason. And now you have Luke out here saying that he missed Jalen. If I'm Jalen Brunson, I'm trying to recruit Mr. Luka Doncic and say, hey, got a spot. But 
whatever's going on in Dallas is not Kyrie's fault. You knew what you were getting from you knew what you were getting into when you traded for him. You knew what type of team you had with or without him. This is a team that was just removed from the Eastern Western Conference Finals. One year removed and now you're sitting at home watching people play. And then you guys admit that you didn't play people your last game of the season because of a draft pick. Now, if I we now anybody who notable who's answering who's listening to this for whatever reason, um us the fans, we know when you're tanking. So we knew that kind of we we could have figured out that Dallas was tanking when you didn't play Luca for more than one quarter. We knew you were tanking, trying to protect that draft pick. If I was Adam St- Adam Silver, I'm snatching that draft pick. Now what? Because there's a way we do things as a business that, yes, this stuff may go on, but you can't publicly say that. And that's because Mark Cuban's, Mark Cuban's ego has got his head so far up his behind that he he's making these decisions and signing these checks. And letting telling people to say these things, and it's not the smartest decision at all. So what's going on in Dallas is an absolute dysfunction. We're used to talking about Dallas being a mess when it talks to the Cowboys, not the Mavericks. And that's that. And so, from one mess to something that could potentially be a mess, I don't know what's going on in Miami. But last night was horrible i could i was at work and i couldn't even catch most of the game and when i read that atlanta out rebounded them by 20 you're not winning anything when you play like a third grader i'm pretty sure a third grader would have got wouldn't have got out rebounded by 20 but you know it is what it is, but everybody had an abysmal performance, minus Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. But that can't happen again, because I remember, because I was growing up, I remember when Pat Riley would emphasize rebounding the ball. If you can't rebound the ball. How are you going to be able to score? How are you going to be able to stop the other team from scoring? You can't rebound. The Hawks took them to the glass and washed them with it. They couldn't stop nothing. Clint Capella had 20-something rebounds and only four points. Four points, 20 rebounds. Eight of those were offensive rebounds, I think. Yeah. So if you're not... Stopping the other team from getting their rebounds, and you're not rebounding for your own self. How do you expect to win a game? Nobody shot particularly too well. I'm talking about the Hawks, and I'm talking about the Heat. Nobody shot particularly too well. And when Kyle Lowry came in and did old Kyle Lowry things, not well, Kyle Lowry of old, not old Kyle Lowry. When 
That saved that team from an absolute de demolition job. He kept them closer than what it should have been. That should have been a 40-point drubbing. You get out rebounded by 20, and you get outscored off the bench by the amount that they got outscored by, you should have lost by 45. On the other hand, maybe those trade rumors that was swirling around all of this all of the the media, whatever attention that was going on with the Atlanta Hawks this week surrounding Trey Young and whatnot, being selfish. Um, him being on the hot seat to get traded. I guess that might have lit a fire under him or just made him let go. Because he played a little bit freer, albeit he wasn't playing very well, but he did play a little bit freer. What's next for Atlanta? They got to deal with Boston. I'll give them one game. A lot of people think Atlanta's going to get swept. But I'll give them one game. But it's going to be 5-1 Boston. Yeah, 4-1. I'll give them five. But. <laughs> and the next question of the day when it comes to the um NBA is, did Minnesota get fleeced? Now, if you remember, Minnesota took Rudy Gobert off of Utah's hands, gave him a Supermax, they traded five first-round picks for him, they traded five picks for him and a future pick, yeah, four first-rounders four, four first in the future, and it's not looking like it was a very good trade. Minnesota hasn't been, well, Rudy Gobert has not been a Supermax player since I remember. Since when do have, in the past 10 years, that that man has been in the, in the league? When have we said Rudy Gobert needed a um, Supermax, was deserving of a Supermax, was the best player in the league? He shouldn't have got... Minnesota overpaid for an average player. And now it disrupted their locker room, whatever, because... Now you got other people saying that it's not just with the problem isn't just with Rudy. You have the other problem with Anderson. He might be an issue. So they're gonna have to figure something out this summer, even though there might be audio or somebody saying that. But they're gonna have to figure that out this this summer because Rudy, I don't think he's gonna be able to go unless they just cut him. But I, I, they traded so much to get him. If they cut him, is and it's already a franchise altering trade. If they cut him and admit that it's a colossal failure, it'll set him back for at least five years. At least have him go get some water or something. If y'all don't want him there. Even like Rudy, the whole thing is Rudy Gobert with the money he got and the, what they gave him to give him. He... He got paid like he was averaging 25, 10, and 5. He's not doing half of that. So, did Minnesota got fleeced? Yeah, but rightfully so because they gave it to him. They gave him that contract, and now they're going to have to deal with it. Period, point blank. And what's my realistic vision for the Lakers this year? Now, if they go to the 
Um, if they go to a championship, I will probably lose my mind. Completely honest. But I don't see it happening. Let's be realistic. We have some deficiencies. Even though we've been playing better as of late after getting rid of Russell Westbrook. Even though that's not the problem. But, yeah. But, that wasn't the only problem. But, the Lakers play with my heart too much. And I had to stop watching them for a little bit. Because they were getting my blood pressure up. But, realistically, how they have been playing within the past week and a half, two weeks. Um... They could be a scary out. If I'm Dylan Brooks, I'm still shutting my mouth. Well, he's not shutting his mouth. But if I'm Dylan Brooks, don't poke the bear. Because one thing, and I was on the Coffee and Sports Morning Show this morning on the um, Sports Empire Network on Facebook. You can catch me on there on Wednesdays. I was on there, and I forgot who said it. But... The expectation is for Memphis just to run the train on on the Lakers. Well, if you have LeBron, instead of somebody else, bring the ball up the court, he's going to slow that down. And so, and what, and Memphis isn't, very, isn't a very good half-court team. They're somebody, once they can pick the pace up and make you pay fat, play fast and pick them up all the way up at the end, other end of the court, that's when they're dangerous. But half court, no. Like if you got Ja Morant running a full steam, head of steam coming from the other end of the court at you, you're in trouble. But if you have to make him be a point guard, you can, that's a winnable battle. So with Memphis, this series with Memphis and the Lakers, it depends on who gets to control the pace. If Lake, if LeBron and the Lakers can control the pace, they can win. If the if Memphis can speed up that old Lakers team, that Lakers team is in very big trouble. And we already talked about the Hawks and how they bullied the um. the heat and now we're going to talk about some of the upcoming matchups the bulls and the raptors here's the thing you're asking me you're really asking me to pick the, the, the lesser between two hard bad teams i'm not saying horrible because they're in that spot but they're bad so i'm gonna just take the raptors Simply because on paper they're more talented, even though both teams are just dead in the water and stagnant. But that Raptors team, if they don't get it together this year, that whole Raptors team is falling apart. Pascal Skiakum is gone. I know Nick Nurse is going to be gone. I know um, what's-his-face is going to be gone. So, like, right now with the Raptors, it's kind of do or die. And if they play like it, they'll win. If they don't, I don't know what the Bulls have to counter anything that the Toronto Raptors have. But I feel like the Raptors will win this game. Now, the Bulls, from what I have seen, they have been able to um compete, especially after getting the mouth of the West, Patrick Beverly. But they're still not that good. They need Lonzo Ball back, and he's not close to coming back.
They need somebody reliable at the guard position. And they lost that when they lost Lonzo Ball. Especially in this type of play-in situation. I feel like the Raptors might take full advantage of the Bulls at this, at this point. Thunder versus Pelicans. Now, the Pelicans don't have Zion. They won't have Zion for the rest of the season. If they make make a miracle run somehow, they pro they won't have Zion. Because Zion don't want to come back until Zion feels like Zion. We will talk about that in a second. But the Pelicans are very talented. They Because they're so accustomed to doing this without Zion at this point. Why do they need him? We'll talk about that in just a second as well. But the Pelicans, they have a with um CJ McCollum. Brandon Ingram. CJ McCollum don't pay for the Pelicans. No, he don't. So um with Brandon Ingram playing like the way he's playing, with some of the other supporting members playing like the way they're playing, they can win this game versus the Thunder. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to change my pick to the Thunder because I know I might have picked the Pelicans earlier. I was sleepy, but don't mind me. But watching highlights earlier, I'm like, should I SGA? Because I'm not about to try to pronounce that. Um, SGA is a matchup problem himself. Much less the rest of that rest of that um lineup dort um they have a pretty deep i love their backcourt i can't name them right now because i'm thinking i'm thinking too fast but i love their back their their young backcourt i love what they're doing right now they have they're fighting they just want to play ball with their brothers so they're fighting they're playing with house money so they're loose the expectations are low they're loose so yeah look out for the thunder Warriors versus Kings. Where is this game at? Hold on. Where is this game at? Back to the Warriors. So, we all know what the Warriors tend to play like at home versus when they're not. Um, but my thing with the Warriors is if the Kings, who don't have a very efficient type defense if you ask me um if they let two of the main shoot least if they let two people get hot it's over and then the momentum carries with the warriors if they have all the momentum in those first two games you're gonna get swept with the um if you don't step on their necks and make them actually play basketball and just stop shooting a whole bunch of threes, even though they've been doing better at actually playing basketball at this point. But, yeah, you're going to be in trouble. This is an ideal matchup for the Warriors, too. And there's that. So the Lakers versus the Grizzlies. Again, we've already talked about that. I don't think I need to talk about that anymore. But, so we've gotten into some of these interesting matchups i'll probably talk about the other ones next week um we're gonna hit on zion williamson so and if my thing about zion 
It's either he's mentally, he mentally he can't do it, he's as a block, or he just doesn't want to, or and he wants out. You've played 114 games in four years. The uh, one season is 82. Is um is 82 games, and with Zion, when he do play, he's a monster. We see the explosiveness. We see what he could do. We see the potential. He could be a great player in this game, but we also have to kind of recognize that he's going to be injured, injury prone for um, most of, if not all of his years because of his body. He is a 18-wheeler Mack truck with a Ferrari engine. Not a Ferrari engine, but one of the fastest engines in the world probably a Ferrari, but yeah, or a Lambo injury, injured, it, uh, engine. He's going up and down, left and right, boom, bam, bing, on 280-something pounds, almost 300 pounds, and you don't think, and he's already had two knee surgeries, you don't think that's going to wear his out, wear him down? Zion feels like He's not going to be able to play until he's Zion again. Until he's confident that he can make these moves. He might have need to lose some weight, but he knows this. I'm telling you, he knows this because when he came back in the beginning of this season, he looked a lot better. Faster. Lost, lost some weight. Was watching what he was eating. But where do we go? from here with him if i'm the pelicans i'm coming up off of him he has very good massive trade value he might not even want to be in in new orleans anymore that's the thing He might not even want to be there anymore. That's my question. Does he want to be there? Because he's not acting like it. Because at some point, and I'm like, I have the utmost sympathy for Zion when it comes to his mental stuff. Because I suffer with mine from the, on a daily. Some days I don't feel like taking care of myself. It's that bad. So, yes, I understand. So, but at one point, Somebody's got to tell him, you got to get this under control. This, because it's not major injuries. It's hamstring pulls, a hand injury, a back sprain, a groin pull. And it keeps him out for months. So a hamstring injury should not keep you out for three months. That's either mentally there's something going on or you just don't want to do the work to get you back on a on a goddamn on court. So the Pelicans got themselves a situation with this young man here. But I feel like they're going to come up off of him, though. And now, from the NBA to the WNBA, which had its draft on Monday. So who were the biggest surprises this year? Who fell dramatically and why? And who's next for next year's draft? 
as well as some predictions for this coming season. Once again, we got some things to discuss, so let's continue. And now we're moving on to the WNBA. And before I even start, there's a new breed of girls coming out. So watch out. These girls are more competitive, outwardly competitive. They're not afraid to show their personalities. They talk, they bump their gums, they have nails, they got lashes. I wish I could have continued to play basketball. That's why I do what I do, because I had my hoop dream slashed. But that's neither here nor there. But, yeah. There's a new breed of girls coming out that are my age. Watch out. I'm 22. And they different. They're just different. I remember growing up, girls were supposed to be this. I, this is what I was taught. Girls were supposed to be ladylike and did it Ain't no ladylike now. Well, stereotypical way. Ladylike. These girls gonna be what these girls are. And they gonna be them. And I love it. I love it. And it's gonna continue to draw attention to the WNBA and grow the sport of women's basketball. Now, that being said, Aaliyah Boston, number one overall to the Fever. That's a franchise authoring pick. I like it. Bria Bell, Beal. Bria Beal fell number one overall to the number, fell for no good reason. Well, when I looked, then I went back to watch her highlights. Um, she needs to shoot a little bit more, but, 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 but. Holly Rowe was kind of wrong for asking that or, but, yeah, wrong. But as she's a good defender, she can work on her on her offense at any time. She is a stud defender and rebounder. Diamond Miller, number two to the Lynx, a very good defender, very valuable at the rim. Alexis Morris to the Connecticut Sun feels a need uh, feels a need at the guard position with the failure of Courtney Williams. Didn't think I knew that, huh? So, I feel like with this upcoming WNBA season in just a few weeks, I feel like we'll see how the rosters play out. I can really give you my analysis once the rosters get out. But right now, I feel like the Aces, even, and the Aces are drafting my girl Brittany Davis from Alabama roll time. Um, so, they should be getting better. But right now, my betting favorite to win the WNBA championship would probably be the Aces or the Liberty. Who knows? But the future is bright for the WNBA, for the WNBA and women's basketball in total. All right. Now to switch up the focus back to the NFL for a little bit. This previous week has been quite the week, to say the least. Between the chaos in Baltimore, some between some big splashes being made in Atlanta, Titans fans can breathe a little bit easier, or can they? And with the NFL draft coming up around the corner, teams are getting their staff together for April 27th. But as always, let's get it. I get into anything else. I wanted to announce on my podcast that the Titans finally extended Big Jeff Simmons. 
um, four years, $94 million, $66 million fully guaranteed, making him one of the highest paid DTs in the market right now or in history. I got to go back and relook. But that, I can breathe a little bit better. In all honesty, I can breathe a little bit better. Now, with all these rumors about them trading Derrick Henry, I'm not sure where they're coming from. So I want y'all to stop all that cap-ass stuff. Um, because that's not going to happen. I don't think Rabel would trade, would even agree to trade away Derrick. You saw the you saw the reaction he got y'all got from Vabel Vabel when uh, John Robinson traded away um AJ. You saw that reaction. It might be worse if Derek decided to go. So no, I'm gonna need all of y'all to and Mr. Texan. I'm calling you out. You can get your hopes down because you want Derek out the division. I don't need him out the division. I need him right where he's at. So that's there. That's neither here nor there. The Ravens overpaid and landed Odell. They paid that man $1 million. I mean, they paid that man for one year and upwards of $18 million. For somebody who's coming off a double ACL, coming off of two ACL injuries, hey, ain't, ain't really done anything. I haven't, hasn't played football in a year. And hell, when he did play football, it wasn't, what I never understood the this whole Odell Beckham Jr. mystique. He's overrated. I mean, he's a wide receiver. He's a WR. He's a he's a number one. But is he a true number one at this point in his career? No. I don't think he ever really was one. I mean, then he peaked, but. He was overrated. So maybe this is a push to let them let Lamar know that they're serious about contending for a championship and they went and got him some help on the other side of Bateman. But at the end of the day, they overpaid and they haven't paid Lamar Jackson yet. So you don't know how that's going to look in the eyes of Lamar Jackson. Green Bay and the Jets are still at an apparent impasse about that contract if they don't get aaron Rodgers about a green bay at this point jesus christ he want to be a jet go make it happen green bay needs to stop demanding the world when you don't have half a continent's worth of a good roster i mean you got some pieces but aaron leaves and what does that leave you with? We, the public, don't know what Jordan Love is. Partially because of the Packers. It is partially their fault. Once they drafted Jordan Love, because they drafted him in the first round, they should have been getting ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers right then and right there. Instead of trying to pacify and kiss up to Aaron Rodgers. And now look at where you at. Um, in other news, Saquon, Saquon Barkley isn't signing his tag yet. He might not be happy about that tag. I believe he wasn't a willing recipient of the tag. Therefore, I'm going to say he got slapped with the tag. And I don't think he wants to pay on it, play on it.
he believes he's worth more and everybody else believes that but the giants also gave daniel jones a pretty decent contract so the giants are gonna have to face the music when i mean face the music they're even gonna give up some pieces to clear the cap space make something work to clear to pay saquon before the season starts or they risk not having him before the season starts because he might not sign it he might not sign that franchise tag yet he doesn't have to sign it so that is a interesting situation that has all of a sudden kind of emerged himself itself but Another one that's kind of just popped out of all of our, you know, behinds. And of course, while I'm trying to do a podcast, everybody wants to mow their grass. Oh my God. Anyway, Atlanta is seriously cooking something up. They just landed Jeff Okuda for a third round pick or is it a fifth i mean i'll i i can always look it up okay so i couldn't find it but it was either a third or a fifth but it was a steal for jeff okuda they also traded up with the cardinals they did a trade with the cardinals and traded up for the number three overall which people are saying that the first three thing people off the board are going to be quarterbacks with atlanta who's already given the reins to Desmond Ritter. I don't think they're going to go quarterback. We need to be looking at Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama, roll time. But they could they could have went all the way up there to grab Will Anderson Jr. because he, I think he could be number three, to be honest, even though he's not like a – he's dangerous. Will is dangerous. I've been watching him for years at Bama. That man is dangerous. So whoever gets him is getting a stud. But that Atlanta defense is shaping up right now, as of right now, to be something that the city ain't seen in a minute. And if the city, if Atlanta decide, if, if Atlanta with the moves that they've made offensively and defensively, if they go on a run, oh my God, the traffic. Jesus Christ. But... I'll be happy for the city. I might go down 2075 myself. Now, if my Titans go on a run, I'm definitely going up 75 and getting on 24 and going up 65. <laughs> but anyway, the Colts are cold on Lamar when they probably shouldn't be, but the draft is, they have them pretty decent. They got a good draft pick. So they are probably in a sweepstakes for one of those top two quarterbacks. Please. I hate the Colts. But if they whiff on one and miss on the other, no, the way my thing is situated, if they draft the wrong quarterback at number whatever they're drafting at, good luck. But they probably shouldn't be. Until draft day, they should be probably high on Lamar Jackson if they can't get one of these quarterbacks. 
But, again, it's the Colts. They work a little bit backwards, so there's that. Devin White requests a trade from the Bucks. Well, the Bucks are also 50-something million dollars over the cap. They just bought in Baker Mayfield to be their quarterback, and they've lost a whole bunch of pieces in the offseason and they're re in full full out rebuild mode and they're trying and they're gonna have to get rid of some contracts to get under that cap which they need to be under so and now that brady's gone he takes up some dead money i don't understand devin white might not be traded he might be flat out cut from just from the reasons that I see. Well, but if they cut them, they got to pay that dead money too. But with the Bucks going in full rebuild mode, and Devin White looked like at times last year he didn't want to be there anyway. Just get him in what he want. Get him out of there. Because that rebuild job in Tampa could get coached by could get coaches fired and it might take a minute they might have rebuilt they might have kind of went back to the temple of old when i mean temple of old i'm talking about before they got brady and they had james back there picking it up and apparently ezekiel elliott is frustrated with the lack of interest or something like that Now, I love Zeke. I love what he used to be. But I'm finna rip into him real quick. So, ever since Zeke's first run, first season, his production has dropped. And for the past two to three years, we, I've been saying Zeke has been washed. And I've been saying for the past two years that Zeke's time in Dallas is limited. He doesn't have much time left. I didn't think it was going to get to this point where they cut him like this. But coming off of last year, he didn't do anything. What is, what is Jerry Jones paying $20 million for? And I don't think Jerry Jones wanted to give him a veteran discount. That's why they flat out cut him. Come on now. You don't have any interest. Right now, one, we're close to the draft time. Bijan Robinson is right there, get, getting ready to get drafted. Jameer Gibbs is getting ready to get drafted. You're not better than any of those running backs or probably any of the running backs in this draft class right at, at this point. And you're injured. You Last year, you were wearing a big old knee brace. So there's no interest because you're not that good anymore. You're not that guy anymore. You're good for maybe one or two yards, but sometimes you can go back five or six yards. So we don't really know what that is at this point. What are you? A one yard back? Good for a yard or two? A third stringer? That's low hanging fruit for Ezekiel Elliott. That's why he doesn't have any interest. Because he's been devalued so much. And Dallas hasn't done anything. Neither here or there. And now, 
it's time for Jory's timeout session, where we give some of our most unfiltered and raw opinions. Today's question, is there a name in sports that really just pisses you off? And what is it about them that just sets you off? We'll also be discussing some of the most relevant news in sports. So get your ears, laughs, get your ears and laughs ready and let's get into it. Welcome to Joy's Timeout Session. And before we address today's question is what big name in sports makes you the most angry or just pisses you off, sets you off, makes you go on rant. We're going to address the Kyle Kuzma versus Spencer Dinwiddie thing. Because that, oh my God. Spencer Dinwiddie got pretty much cooked by a guy who dresses like my who dresses like a three-year-old. And he Kyle Kuzma know he different. He dresses like a toddler. To me. And it's an eyesore. But he like it, I love it. And and it was because Spencer Dinwiddie went at Kyle on a podcast. And then Kyle <laughs> put, proceeded to call him S-word witty or something like that. Or no, then S-word any. <laughs> and he, Kyle Kuzma made a whole Twitter thread. I might share it on my Tumblr, but he made a whole Twitter thread about Spencer Dinwiddie and what he said. And he cooked him. He said, the next time you get an NBA contract, the only time you're going to get an NBA contract, like a big NBA contract, is something about the crypto coins, if they pay them in crypto coins. I cried. Because, like, why are y'all so sassy? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> Not even sassy. <laughs> why are y'all so snappy? And then you had the whole Rudy Gobert situation. And Draymond said Rudy actually earned his respect for standing up for himself because everybody thought Rudy Gobert was an itch. You know what I'm saying. Itch. <clears throat> With a B in front of it. <laughs> but. Yeah. So if you get Draymond to, to agree with you. And then you have Kyle Kuzma bumping his gums because Spencer Dinwiddie came with came at him for no reason. Then they used to be teammates and they just hate each other. And that's why I'm going to just sit back, sit back with my popcorn. Cuz this ain't going to end anytime soon. They flat out don't like each other. And next thing on Joy's timeout session is some of the most my most Bell ringing names in sports. <sighs> and I got three of them that they're all football players at this point. And Patrick Beverly. But, <laughs> but, number one, we're just going to get into it, is Aaron Bleepin' Rodgers. I'm so sick and tired of hearing this man. I'm so sick and tired of talking about this man. What does this man want to do? Is he going to be a Packers? Is he going to be a Jet? Is he going to be on his um couch 
next season. And he lied about the COVID thing. No. It's like, he didn't, y'all are saying, people are saying he lied. Well, the way you look at it, well, the way I look at it, he did lie. He deceived the public and used a word that was a synonym for the word that they were looking for. There's a difference between vaccinated and immunized. Aaron Rodgers, they're synonyms. So he, knowing what he's doing, Aaron Rodgers is smart. I'm not calling him a dumb butt. I'm not calling him a jackleg. I'm just saying that he tried to manipulate people by using synonyms instead of actually being point blanket to the honest. He's manipulative. So, and you don't know what he wanted to do from day to day. Like a teenage girl, but that's neither here nor there. He's, oh, I want to retire. Oh, I want to be a Packer. Oh, I want to be a Jet. Well, this year, I mean, the Packers make the decision. You're not with us this year. We're going to get you up out of here. Whether you like it or not. So you better like it or you better retire. <laughs> but Aaron Rodgers, for the longest time, has been one of the most polarizing figures in my life. Especially, I was born in 2001. I remember when he went to that first Super Bowl. That was 10-something years. That was 12, 13 years ago. Was it 2010? Yeah. 2010. That was 13 years ago. How old was I? At 22? 13, about 9. Is that right? Yeah, I was 9. I remember that because they played the Steelers. And I was running around the house seeing green and yellow because I liked Aaron Rodgers. I mean, but as the years go on and he, and I also remember I'm also old enough to remember how Brett Favre acted towards the end of his career. The apple don't fall too far from the tree. And Green Bay has, he better not be teaching Jordan love this, or otherwise Green Bay going to have a real issue on their hand. You learn from the best. And another bell-ringing name in sports, well, for me, would be Dak Prescott. And if you ask me, why is Dak Prescott? It's because, one, I don't like the Cowboys. Two, I don't understand what the fuss is about an average quarterback. Average to slightly above average at best. I don't understand the hoopla. I really don't. People say he, he's not turnover prone. Um, we've had a sample size of seven years. He's thrown a whole bunch of picks. And not just last year. It started happening the year before and the year before that. So don't so miss me with this. He's not turnover prone. He is. It just last year came to a peak. And everybody noticed it. That man has been throwing picks at bad times. And making bad decisions. Since the Jason Garrett days. I remember those too. It was That wasn't too long ago. 
So I don't understand what all this fuss and hoopla is about Dak. We know what Dak is, and Dak ain't that. We know what he is. We will know what the man is capable of. He's also capable. The man is capable of throwing four touchdowns in a game, but he's also capable of single-handedly losing you the game. Fumbles, strip sacks, picks, bad plays, bad reads. So what does that lead you? He's not a Mahomes. He's not a Burrow. He's not all bit reckless. A Josh Allen. He's average. And I believe these quarterbacks that are coming out are better than him. Period, point blank. And the last thing, the last bell ringing name in sports, I, 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 I swore I was never going to cover this person on my on my podcast because of what he allegedly did. But because... He he does play football. He does play for the Browns. Um, you know we're talking about Deshaun Watson. That name pisses me off because of the situation. I'm a tr- I'm a survivor. I've been through some stuff, and that man, and I'm confidently saying this. Y'all can hit me with cease and desist. Y'all can hit me with a lawsuit, defamation lawsuit, whatever. What I don't know what you're going to get from me other than my car. And if you're going to replace it, you can have it. That man is a serial predator. And that man is weird. And the league handled this completely I don't like the way they handled it. Well, I don't like the way it was handled to a certain extent. Let's listen. So you have 26 allegations. He only got 11 games. He should have got 26 games. A game per allegation. I don't care if all of them aren't true. You put yourself in this situation. Where you saw 66 different um, massage therapists in a year. In a span of a year and a, a few months. You're going through a personal week. On average. There's 52 weeks in a year. You went through 66. And there might be more. You can't tell me this man ain't no predator. You can't tell me this. Some ain't right. In his, he doesn't understand the behavior. And you can't tell me that that man should be on anybody's roster. Much less the NFL who claims to be inclusive to everybody. Women, men, black, white, blue, purple, Hispanic. That was like... I think the suspension should have been 26... However many allegations he had, he should have been suspended. Two, I believe he shouldn't have got that contract. The Browns were stupid enough to give him that contract. And now look at whoever, who else is suffering because of that. 
That man didn't deserve that. D- didn't deserve that. Lamar Jackson should have got that contract. Not Deshaun Weird Watson. Not Deshaun Weird Ass Watson. No. And it's like, it ticks me off knowing that there's a whole bunch of people, mind you, the way I look at it, when people go through these things with trauma and essays and all of that other stuff, a lot of people don't talk. So you're just going to say bump everybody who went through these situations that I don't know about. I'm going to put this man in his locker room. You don't know who has daughters and men get assaulted too. You don't know if anybody in there has been assaulted and just don't speak on it. And you put that man in that locker room. That just makes me so upset. The lack of regard. And I probably won't ever respect Cleveland for that. But that's it for this edition of Jory's Timeout Session. At this point, y'all should know the deal. If you've reached this part of the podcast, that means you've reached the conclusion of this week's edition of Jory Sports Stories. Again, as always, I would like to thank each and every one of you for listening and tuning in for today's show. It means a lot. And if you like what you heard, feel free to share the podcast and let's grow the audience. Follow us on Twitter at Jory Stories, J-O-R-I-S-S-T-O-R-I-E-S. And on Instagram at JDS underscore sports stories for more updates. See y'all next Wednesday for a brand new edition of Jory Sports Stories. Thank y'all and see y'all next week.